Welcome to Intelligogy with Tracy Browder, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. I am very happy to have a dear friend with us today, Wallace Ting with School Rubric. Hi, Wallace. How are you? Hey, Tracy. Good to, good to be with you today. Great. Let me do a little introduction. First of all, this is Monday Matters for Intelligogy, the podcast. So we're happy to have Wallace here with, um, with us on Monday Matters. Wallace has an amazing background. He has his doctorate and he has a breadth of experience, not only in public schools, but in international schools around the world. He has been a teacher, a principal, deputy director, and school director. And so he's taken all of that experience and he's doing something really amazing. It is truly a work of heart and it's called School Rubric, but I am going to push pause for just a moment and transfer over to Wallace and let Wallace tell us about this amazing um, creation, School Rubric, that has such a broad international reach. So Wallace, can you tell us a little bit about that and anything else I may have missed in your introduction? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, School Rubric, we founded School Rubric because you know, we have been international educators for the past 10 years. And, you know, together with myself and my partner, Ryan, um, we had experience in Latin America, in Africa, in Europe, uh, working in international schools. And I think anybody who's been in international education will tell you that in some instances, it can be the greatest gift and one of the things that you feel most excited about. On the other hand, it can be sometimes very isolating and very frustrating and very confusing. And so what we did is we tried to put together school rubric to be a resource for international educators out there to get some more information about international schools and about the international school landscape to connect international school educators. But by the same token, kind of take our experience and our connections with what's happening with public and private education in the United States and try to connect that with the international school sphere. And, and Wallace, I, I love everything you said because working with you and, and listeners, let, let me give you a little history. Um, Wallace invited me to be a contributing author in their online magazine. And so I feel like I've grown in so many ways, stretching myself. Um, I know initially I was thinking more simplistic articles and, and Wallace and Ryan and School Rubric have have grown me into developing comprehensive, really deep thinking articles. So I applaud you for that um, and, and thank you for that. Yeah, I, so, I, I appreciate that. That's a really nice comment, Tracy. I appreciate that. And, you know, we really try to be intentional because um, we really think we, we try to do things from the perspective of telling stories. So we have a magazine that's released. We have online articles that are re- released and, you know, they're getting more and more popular. We're getting more and more views. And we really try to come at it in terms of the story. What's the story behind the situation? What's the story behind the educator? What's the story behind the school? Because I think people are naturally drawn to those stories and naturally more captivated by what's going on. And, you know, we try to do everything in a collaborative process, too. It's not about, you know, we know everything and, you know, people are privileged or, you know, privileged to to publish with us. Instead, it's, you know, we actively try to... you know, seek out people who are meaningful. We're thankful for their contributions. We know by looking at their social media feeds or looking at them online or being connected through a reference that they have an amazing story to tell. And more importantly, perhaps, that by sharing that story, they're going to be able to motivate and inspire 
other educators, other administrators, other parents, and even other students to take action? You know, to take action, that that's so important. And you, you give educators a space to really show up and, and, and share their story. And not only that, we learn about education around the world. I, I feel like I have learned more than I ever thought possible, just interacting and connecting because of school rubric. Um, some of the connections I've made that will be career lasting are because of school rubric. So again, the work that you and Ryan are doing at school rubric has such a powerful purpose. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how do you, I know you just said social media and references. How did this all really get started? What, what were the beginning elements? What was the foundation? Yeah, well, you know, Ryan and I, we go back. So our start was in international schools back in 2009. At that point, we had both been semi-burned out public school teachers in the United States that just decided for one reason or another to give the international school sphere a shot. And we had met at a job fair mm -hmm. and ended up going to the same job fair in Iowa, I think it was the University of Northern Iowa Fair. And we had gone down to Cartagena, Colombia at Colegio Jorge Washington to be teachers there um, together. And we had been roommates. So, you know, he's not only a friend or he's not only a business partner, but he's also a dear friend. And I think that's what's made this really enjoyable, this entire process. And so then you fast forward about, you know, 10, 11 years later, and, you know, Ryan is working at the University of Texas in the School of Journalism. Um, he's got tons of experience as an English teacher working at the university level with graphics and media and video and all that kind of other stuff. And I've now had a few stints as a school administrator. And so, you know, I feel like that divergence of, you know, we already had a lot of things in common um, and a lot of similar viewpoints about education and about life. And then we diverged for a number of years, went off and did our own thing. And I think that divergence and the skill set and the experiences that we developed really helped come together and say, hey, if we put our powers together and we put our skill set together, we might be able to form something really interesting with school rubric. And so you can probably see that in some of our articles, Tracy, what we really try to do is in some of our webinars and some of the other content that we create, you know, we really try to be very visually appealing. We want people to look at their article, their magazine, even their video webinars. We want them to look at it and say, I'm proud of it. It looks good. It looks professional. This is something I'm proud to share with my friends and family, in addition to being really great content. And I think obviously from my end, I, you know, I always focus a lot on, is this going to be impactful? Is this have a chance for somebody to like put a stake in the ground and say, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. And for other people to say, hey, I'm inspired by that. I reson that resonates with me. That's giving me some ideas or I want to connect with this person and learn more. And I think you put those two things together and that's kind of what School Rubric is about at, at, at its very core. And, and it's an amazing entity because not only are you bringing... I am perfectly comfortable saying that you are connecting educators around the globe. I'm perfectly comfortable saying that 
you are at the very core of connecting educators around the globe with relevant content to help us learn from each other, learn best practices, celebrate each other, and support each other. Um, and, and you mentioned something that I was going to segue into, so let's jump there now. Webinars. Wallace, tell us the story behind School Rubric and Webinars. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we always knew that video was going to be an important element of kind of school rubric and just in education in general. Um, you know, I think, you know, you can, it's not hard to look at YouTube and TikTok and, you know, all these other content creators and even in the educational space, you know, folks like Khan Academy. And so it's not difficult to see why video is increasingly important and relevant. And so we always knew that would be an important aspect of school rubric. And when, the whole pandemic and COVID came out. Um, obviously, there was a really a lot of unfortunate situations out of that. Um, and I think one of the things that's inherent to what we're trying to do by connecting educators and telling stories and everything like that, of course, there's always some some differences between a school in China and a school in, you know, Colombia or a school in the United States and a school in, you know, Spain. But I think for once, this was one of those times where we said, okay, well, it's terrible what's happening, but this could be an opportunity. It's an opportunity where, unfortunately, um, the pandemic has required or caused many of our schools to be shut down. And it's caused many of us to have to go online and do virtual classes and things of that nature. And that's kind of cuts across the entire world. Um, that, you know, the pandemic doesn't care if you're a public or private school, it doesn't care if you're in the United States or you're in China. Um, and so what we kind of, and we had already had quite a bit of authors and collaborators that had been writing articles with us. And so it seemed like a really natural segue to go into the webinars and say, well, let's provide a space that's live where we can have folks present their experience and have folks that are interested in learning from that experience and have a really organic and productive dialogue after the fact. And so we kind of did that when the whole pandemic rolled around and it's been pretty successful. I think we've had maybe six, seven, eight uh, sessions in English so far. We've had a couple of sessions in Spanish and we're hoping to have a session in Portuguese at some point later this month. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And I think I may have been at every single one except for two of the webinars in English. <laughs> and the, the connections, seriously, I have made some long-lasting connections from the webinar. So um, listening to presentations on best practices dealing with a global pandemic um, with, with no preparation, um, learning I think the beauty of it, Wallace, is that whole global connection because there were parts of the world that experienced COVID-19 before the States, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. And so sitting on those webinars, I, I'm sitting as a participant listening to best practices, lessons learned, how to streamline com uh, communication for parents, how to package the learning for students. We learned all of that because of the work of school rubric, connecting educators around the globe. That is absolutely powerful, Wallace. 
Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. That's that's definitely what we're trying to do. And, you know, if we can do it at scale, that's great. But even if we can't, it, we feel like if we've given one educator or one administrator something to think about that's going to fundamentally make student learning better, um, be it for one student or one class, I feel like we've done our job. And if a couple of educators go there and as a result of our sessions are able to connect with each other, you know, offline, um, on their own and really engage in a fruitful dialogue and, you know, be supportive of each other, then I, I think, you know, in our eyes, that's success. In our eyes, we've done what we've wanted to do. Absolutely. Done what you wanted to do exceptionally well. And here's another reason why I say that. Again, being a participant, I, I have watched you welcome in classroom teachers to present, administrators to present, um, directors, and and all the way to um, the team that presented on best practices in, and I promise you, I never really thought about perfecting this. And that is PE, physical education, in remote learning. I feel like that presentation probably resonated with me more than all the academic content simply because it was a space where these teachers got to share with us how they empowered students to own their physical health during a global pandemic. Students were creative. They, they created dances and, and the teachers created lessons, but students began to take that and, 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 and build on it and got really creative. So that was such an empowering um, webinar session for me that just really, really spoke to me. And I think because when we talk about best practices in COVID-19 and when we talk about remote learning, innately, we're thinking about teaching, classroom teaching, content teaching. We're not necessarily thinking about um, those enrichment elements. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think to your first point, I think diversity is always a good thing, right? And so, you know, diversity takes itself, you know, formulates itself in many forms. Um, and I think, you know, for us, in, what, in some part, that means that we're trying to get different stakeholders to the table from different disciplines in different countries, because we think everyone has something valuable to share. And so in the case of Bernardo and Niesi, those were the physical education teachers. They are physical education teachers at the American School of Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. I mean, agree. Um, you know, we went through the process. We talked to them. We had connected to them. We had asked them what they wanted to present about. We had helped them kind of work through some things that we thought would resonate a little bit more, as we do with all of our presenters. And, you know, the thing that kind of struck us was, you know, as physical education teachers, they could have very easily just kind of thrown up their hands and said, hey, we're not going to try. Um, mm -hmm. Who cares? Let's just, you know, let's let's let them deal with let's let the math and the English and the, the core subject teachers deal with it. But no, they really tried. I mean, they made videos. They really tried. They shared it out. They made competitions. They had kids keep their data. And I think that's something that a, they should feel really proud about, and B, I think other teachers can learn from. And so we were really pleased to, to have them present. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, it's not just about PE. And that's kind of what 
you know, we were trying to communicate with them and what we had talked about in our pre-planning session, which was that, you know, it wasn't that we had a room of PE teachers in the, in, in the session that were just mm-hmm. to learn about PE best practices for virtual PE teaching. You know, we had, as you said, you know, teachers and educators from other disciplines, other grade levels, other, um, you know, administrators as well. And I'd like to think that they were able to get something out of that too. And, and I can tell you one of my takeaways, while yes, they were presenting on physical education, it was almost like an awakening that helping educators realize that they can be more creative with remote learning, that there are so many other ways to engage students other than just on a Zoom or a Teams call teaching. There, there, there are really ways to incorporate the whole body for um, remote learning. So I think that was one of my big, away, big takeaways from, from that session. So Wallace, let's talk for a minute a little bit more about the webinars. You mentioned them briefly. Yeah. Your, the webinars have, um, you've had people from around the globe. Can you share with us briefly, um, like some of the representation, where people yeah. are from for the webinars? Well, the, well, yeah, they are from all over the world. I mean, mm-hmm. off the top of my head, I mean, we, and, and you know, one of the things is it's pretty nice. We've developed a little bit of a regular following from certain people. Um, so we have some regulars and we definitely have new people coming in every week, which is nice. So it's a nice mixture. But I mean, we've had people from the United States, from New York City, from Minnesota, from Los Angeles, Atlanta. We've had some Canadians stop in, some folks from the UK. But we've also had people from Brazil, Colombia, from Argentina, uh, Spain. Um, I think we have some folks from China, Malaysia. So mm-hmm. it's pretty well represented. We actually send out a survey at the end of it. And so the survey kind of captures where they're from. And it's, um, it's, it's quite diverse. So we're really pleased to see people from the around the world connecting. And we do it on Saturday mornings for the most part, which seems to be kind of the sweet spot in terms of, you know, a weekend time, but also with time zones and everything like that, so that most folks around the world are able to attend. Right. So... What, what, as, as you facilitate these webinars, I know there's so much that goes on behind the scene to make them successful, but as you continue to, to host these empowering thought provoking webinars, what have been your takeaways when, when you and Ryan sit down to dialogue after webinars, what are you learning? What are you focusing on? improving, reaching more? What, what kind of conversations do you have behind the scenes? Yeah, well, I think, you know, just like you're, so I think there's a couple of elements of it, right? So I think the first element is the material and the content itself. And so we're always looking to, 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 to make that resonate more, to make that more meaningful and make that more impactful. Um, and I think we ourselves are finding it professional development for ourselves. So, you know, as we engage with new presenters and they're sharing their ideas and yes, we're helping them maybe refine their idea a little bit. We're all also learning a ton um, because we're educators too, and we enjoy learning. So I think that's one part of it. So we really try to think about some of the survey results. We take a look at what people respond, what topics they want to see, how helpful they found the presentation, whatnot. 
And I think within the team, we also talk a lot about, you know, how can we make the sessions as engaging as possible or not? And again, that's in part based on the feedback. That's also based on what we think and our perceptions of the session itself. That's also based on, you know, numbers and, you know, uh, engagement and things of that nature. But, you know, we try different things, Tracy. It's like, as an example, we experimented with some breakout rooms, as an example. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in some cases, they worked out really well. In some cases, they didn't. Um, But we wanted to try it and we wanted to give it a shot. In some cases, I think in the first session, we experimented with three presenters. Um, That turned out to be a little long. So we went down to two presenters. Um, Another example, we implemented uh, a photo booth. So we put everything in Zoom in a grid format. We took a photo, edited the photo and posted that on social media just so people could get a flavor for, you know, some of the sessions that we were offering that turned out to be pretty popular. And, you know, I think that led to a a slight uptick in some of the registrations. So I think with respect to Ryan and myself and the rest of the team, you know, it's just like a lesson, Tracy, you know, every Saturday is a lesson. Every Saturday you are facilitating learning and you're also learning yourself. So we're constantly asking ourselves what's better, what went well, what didn't go well, what could be better, what feedback do we have? And I think the other element, Tracy, is also not just thinking about that particular day, but we're also thinking about the trend, right? Like how are people going to want to increasingly learn now, tomorrow, two years from now, three years from now, right? And how can we kind of catch that wave, so to speak, or maybe even lead the charge in some cases? And and the very reason I asked that particular question is being one of those regular participants, there's been several times that I log on and I see the very things that you mentioned. Oh, wow, this is really neat. We're going to take a picture. That That's fun. Are, are some of the um, videos explaining some of the other work, like the partnership with Makematic. So it, every time I come on, and then, and then the breakout rooms were new, and that was a hit to me because it gives you, and that that's it gives you that intimate connection um, with with other participants, as well as after the webinar ends, you open it up for people if they're free to hang around a little bit and have just kind of a coffee shop type conversation, and that was equally as powerful to me as the actual webinar itself, because then it becomes a dialogue with not only the presenters, but the participants as well. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think we were trying, you know, we just thought about like what happens at a real conference, right? What happens at one of these little sessions? Um, There's always kind of like at the beginning or even end of the session, there's always kind of people, you know, some people are in a hurry and they just kind of jet out. But more often than not, the presenter kind of sticks around. There's a little bit of organic conversation that gets around. Sometimes you talk about the presentation. Sometimes you talk about, you go off on a tangent and talk about something that's unrelated. You know, the few people that are interested kind of congregate around. And so we said, why not try to emulate that to some degree in a Zoom call? Absolutely. And it it's... 
it's something I enjoy participating in because I feel like I'm learning and growing every time I um, join into one of the sessions. Um, you're, you're learning best practices. You're learning new ideas. You're learning of doing things differently. Um, and you're just connecting globally. And that's what education is really about, yeah. is making connections and celebrating diversity. And we get to do that. You've given us a platform to do that. And one other thing I want to celebrate really quickly, Wallace, is... Um, um, in in my eyes, you are leaders. You 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 decided to try something new and take it from just print online to live synchronous connecting with other educators, where we can take back that information and process and use um, at our own individual schools. So again, I celebrate the work of School Rubric. Now, Wallace, as we prepare to close out, what is on the horizon for School Rubric? What else is brewing? What are you working on? And and think long-term, like two years, five years. What What's the plan? What's the future? You know, I mean, that's difficult to say because I don't think we know what's happening in this crazy world and what the world is going to look like in two or five years. So I think, you know, I think the first thing I would say is that we want to be attuned to what's happening, what trends are happening, and you know, make sure that we're we're capitalizing and taking advantage of these different trends to help people connect. Um, a good example is professional learning, right? Um, I think that the time of people getting on airplanes and going to a conference isn't going to be happening anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the question then becomes, well if they're not getting on airplanes and they're going to con- and they're not going to conferences anytime in the next 6 12 18 months how are they learning how are they connecting right and so we kind of want to take a leadership position in that and we kind of want to be an outlet for that but i think you know even thinking forward let's assume that at some point people will start feeling comfortable getting on airplanes again and going to conferences will conferences look the same will conferences kind of just follow the same model that conferences pre-pandemic have followed? And I would like to think the question, the answer to that question is no. I'd like to think that people would say, hey, there's been some really interesting ways that educators have partaked in professional learning online and through other mediums. And so we'd like to take the best elements of those and incorporate that into an in-person conference, right? Um, And so we'd like to, you know, so thinking forward, Tracy, is your question, we would like to be able to offer some iteration of that as an example. And I think, you know, it also is dependent on technology. I mean, technology is changing so rapidly, right? Um, It used to be that, you know, interviews were always only done in person. Now a lot of international uh, interviews in the international sphere are done over Skype and over Zoom and whatnot. And so, you know, the technology is constantly changing for people to be able to hold meetings and connect virtually. And there might be some other tools that will help people connect virtually even better. Um, So I think we want to be abreast of that. In the immediate, the other thing that we're doing is we are working on an international school directory. And so our goal is to have the most comprehensive, transparent, complete school directory of international schools out there. So that's in progress and we're working on that. And again, the idea is that we just want people to make good decisions when they make a decision to go live and work in an international school or enroll their child as a parent. 
And we kind of feel like there's a bit of a lack of information out there. Um, we know there's a lot of people that are trying. We know there's a lot of players, but we just think that there's some good information that's not out there, that's not easily searchable. And we want to help bring that information to people. And I'm excited that you are the connector and the conduit for bridging such a critical gap, because when you're in one place and trying to make um, such an important decision, School Rubric is right there to trust, knowing that you've vetted and researched and are giving us um, the most comprehensive information that can be provided. So eager and excited. Yeah. And I know, you know, it's, it's, you know, just very quickly, like for those people who aren't perhaps too familiar with international schools, we're talking about English medium schools that in large part want to bring American certified or Canadian certified or native English certified teachers to their school. And they'll teach American type or international type curriculum like advanced placement or international baccalaureate. And, but most more often than not, Uh, schools do these hirings online or at job fairs. And so candidates and even parents that enroll their kids, they've never been to the country. They've never seen the school. They've never walked through the campus. They've never met other staff. They don't know the culture of that country. They don't know the, the language of the country for the most part. And so that's a pretty big decision. And so it's no wonder that the turnover in administrators and teachers in international schools is is fairly high. And so we feel like if we could help provide some better information from which stakeholders could make some better choices, then perhaps that longevity and that turnover issue would be improved. And by extension, student learning would, would improve as well. Well, we certainly celebrate the work um, that you see that broader picture. And I'm I'm so thankful that um, Wallace Ting and Ryan Sagar are such great business partners and wonderful friends and have hearts of pure gold where you can see a need um, and, and, and figure out a way to empower parents to make better decisions uh, for their families, for their for their children and their learning environment. So once again, um, I celebrate the work of School Rubric and we can't wait to see the uh, international directory. And speaking of which, how can our listeners connect with the work of School Rubric? Sure. Um, well, we have our website, schoolrubric.com. And we're active on social media, Twitter at, at School Rubric. Um, you can also connect with me on Twitter at Ting Wallace. That's T-I-N-G Wallace, W-A-L-L-A-C-E. Um, or you can shoot me an email, wallace at schoolrubric.com. And so you can find us that way. We're happy to connect. Well, that being said, Wallace, that wraps up our time. And once again, I thank you personally for the work of um, school rubric and and what it's doing to help educators connect and learn from each other on a global scale. And, And from this conversation, I hope our listeners can see that it's so much more than just connecting educators. You're doing work for parents as well. Um, so, can't thank you enough. And I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to carve time out of your busy schedule um, to talk to me at Intelligogy the podcast. So thank you, Wallace, for that. Absolutely, Tracy. Thanks a lot. Stay safe. Be well. All right. 
This is our time, friends. We'd like to thank you for joining us at Intelligogy, the podcast, where together we will disrupt educational normalcy. Until next time.